Howdy, everybody. I'm Cisco Naira with Humidity Podcast, the sister of Humidity, Houston's bike courier zine. This was a bike messenger zine that started back in 1998. It ran month to month for tres años. It was about the bike messenger lifestyle and culture. Now we're bringing it to you in audio. We are continuing the conversation a decade and a half later with a new perspective from H-Town to the world. We'll be talking to ex-bike messengers, current bike messengers, and friends of bike messengers. So sit back, take a ride, and enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Humidity Podcast. I'm Cisco the Kid, and I am here. This is actually episode number 28, and I'm here with the ex-Dallas uh, messenger. Former, former. Former, former. Yeah, Dallas. Ex- Dallas, yeah. Texas Messenger <laughs> from at least 20 years ago. So, like, that's how far uh, we go back, dog. Actually, yeah. No, like, yeah. I started, uh, I was almost a bike. 20 years. So, my rookie uh, year was 2001, like, bef- like the summer, the right before the towers fell. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mr. Adam Connie. Connie, see. Yep. What is up, up everybody? Big dog? How you Man, doing, dude? Good to see Thanks. you. I haven't seen you, dude, in at least. 15, 16 years, maybe? It's like, been a long like, time. It's, dude, I think the last time I saw you, there was an alley cat in Dallas. And uh, yep. I, man, it might have been a year after, but I remember we, I just started dating my Nikki at the time. And I, I, yeah, you guys got married. That was after. 2003, dude. Yeah. And so I remember it, we, I took her up there with, with uh, me and we went out there to the, the race y'all had. I don't remember the name of the alley cat, but uh, I think I had known you already. I th- hold on. I think it was the year that I won this. You were at the alley cat that I won this at. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes, dude. You I remember lost... the name of that alley cat? Shit, I don't. I don't. I, it was a. There was a Thanksgiving themed one. It was two thousand four. It was Thanksgiving themed because just like recently, like in the spring, I finally had to throw away the T-shirt that I got from that one because it's just tatters. It was, was like it, all hey, tatters. Was it a light, a white long sleeve T-shirt? That yep. Started? Yes, I have mine still. Oh, yeah. Oh. From that race and of course mine is all preserved like nope. I actually like this i bust this out right before because i keep all my bike messenger memorabilia in a in a in a crate or like a, a tub a tub as you can see yeah i got that but i but i keep mine in circulation yeah i tried to <laughs> my homeboy you remember squirrel right yep. squirrel? yeah so like he he actually took all his race shirts and his mom made dude it's badass i thought about doing it myself but uh his mom made a quilt like she cut out all the front of the shirt and, and, and patterned them all the fronts of the shirt on one side of the quilt. And when you flip the quilt over, it's the back side of the shirts. Whoa. It looked dope. really cool. He was like, my mom made this. I was like, dude, that shirt is dope, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. I'm sorry. The quilt is dope. Because the quilt, the quilt. It's, it's made of all X mess or, you know, old bike messenger events. Mm-hmm. So, well, Adam, dude, actually, this is the way I always start off the podcast. Uh, I like to let the listeners know, like, uh, you know, uh, when did you start as a bike messenger? What companies did you work for uh, as a bike messenger? So let's go ahead and, and take it back to when you actually started bike messaging in Dallas, Texas. 
Go. Oh, man. Okay, that was the summer of 2001 because mm-hmm. I had um, wanted to be a bike messenger forever. And then I found out there was some in Dallas. So I got on my bike. I went down there, did not find a gig. But I rolled down. I got my name in the hat. And then one day I got I got called up to the big leagues. What? And I forget what name of the name of that company. I, I worked I work for uh, Lightspeed. Okay. I remember them, Lightspeed. And I worked for Chase Couriers or something like that. Uh-huh. I remember them. But then I had my own for a couple months. Oh, you were you were like doing your own stuff. Then I sold it, that. I broke. I was like, "This, I'm not supposed to be on the administrative side. I'm supposed to be a player, not a coach." <laughs> and then I sold that. I sold that, and then I think I finished working with Lightspeed. Like my like when I was done, I was working with Lightspeed, and they were. It was pretty much you know it was it was great. It was about 2006 where I finished up. So you were only downtown or in in Dallas downtown for about five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you yeah, had a, that was your. Uh, I always get this word mixed up when people say tenure. You know, like, that was my tenure. Yeah, that was that was how long it lasted. That's how long it lasted. You know, when I was a kid, I always used to get that confused with like ten year. You know. Yeah. No. It. But it means me like out. how long you lasted at a company. It's the term tenure is. And the only reason I, I stopped was because I fell into that bullshit about how it was time to grow up, mm. you know, and, and like here I am 15 years later after that. And I know like that was the that. No, that's that's solid fact. Bullshit gave up something I was good at. I was stable at and yeah. I became and I then I to jump into the rat race, which was the most unstable thing of my life. And, you know, like if I could go back and tell that kid, like, dude, keep your job, get rid of every anybody who tells you you need to be something else, get get rid of them. That was like a stigma that came with being a bike messenger, you know, in your 20s. And I mean, I lasted hell uh, until I was about 33 or 34. But yeah, I had had a lot of people tell me, you know, other grownups, friends of family, like, oh, you're going to be a bike messenger the rest of your life. Yeah. I would still be a bike messenger today if the job was available. You know what I'm saying? One of the cats, Mike Frazier, Dallas. Yeah. He's still a bike messenger. He, yeah, he's still. And I I made it to 32. So like 2006, I was 32. Yeah, 32. And um, it's, it's like, I, I look back, I'm like, and now that, because I'm recently, you know, realizing I have ADHD and looking back over that 15 years, a lot of, you know, I, I have pretty much all the symptoms that a person that undiagnosed ADHD develops and, you know, severe depression, addiction, um, job loss, homelessness, you know, divorce. Like there's a whole shitload of just like, yeah, bah, bah, bah. All this. you know, take and I was like, oh, all that shit was just the, the life of a bike messenger was perfect because it kept the stimulation and everything just exactly. right there. Like you need yeah. it. It, whether it was an adrenaline rush from almost getting hit by a car yeah. or in front of a car or almost hitting a pedestrian. Oh, you just had that just randomness of life that allowed you to keep, you know, to never really like life is about balancing peace and order and chaos. You're right. Order and the life life as a bike messenger had is that is the perfect cocktail. You're you right. have both of them. Because I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like there were weeks I made a grand. And then there were weeks I made a hundred. 
Yeah. And oh, that's so that's for me too. Yeah. It was like that here in Houston for, for some of us, like you can make hell the most I ever made in, in one week. And I did it for a couple of years, you know, during peak season, you yeah. know, uh, dude, I was making like fucking anywhere from eight, like 1500 to sometimes two grand in one week. And that's right. No. And it, people didn't believe me. They were like and Houston. Houston was bigger than Dallas Fort Worth because mm-hmm. Dallas Fort Worth was just pretty much a three, two to three mile grid. You know, you just went in the circle. Blah blah. blah. We had a dude on rollerblades. You yeah, know. We, so oh yeah, that, I remember that guy. Yeah. <laughs> what was the street of uh, Wild Bill. Wild Bill. Yep. Yeah, I need to yeah. interview him because he would so come out it, to the Alley Cats and be on his skates, and he would race on his skates. Yeah, he would kick ass. But like, like I'm saying, it's like that, like, if you can give somebody a package and get there on your rollerblades, you're pretty much, you know, it's it's not that big. It's not that spread out. It's not that hilly. Like, I live in San Diego now. And whenever I go downtown, I'm like, shit, I hate to get sent a package up that hill. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I've been so, to San Diego a couple of times. And, yeah, it, it it is hilly, especially on the east side of San Diego, I've been mm-hmm. on the east side. It, it's you know, there's some mountains and hills on that side. Yeah, San Diego. So, uh, but yeah, dude, you're absolutely right. You know, it's just uh, the the order and chaos of being a bike messenger. If I, I like, I know I don't have like severe ADD or ADHD, but I know I have it. Like I can't seem to sit down in one spot. Like an office job? Oh hell no! There's no way. I mean. I guess if I mentally strive to be in that, you know, hell no, I'm, I'm everywhere all the time today. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. all, I'm still all over the place. Like I, I want everything right now. Yeah. Like that's how, that's, that's my model. I'm working on yeah. a couple of projects all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I talked, you know, as a trainer, like I talked to my clients and, you know, I, my dad used to say this to me when I was a kid and he was like, you know, I, I I'm a jack of trades and a master at none, you know? Jack of all trades, master of none. I'm jack of your trade and I'm having some fun. That's what I say to my, that's what I say. Dude, I love it's that. Like, I yeah, love like, that. Fuck anybody who t- who just ends it master of none. That's a, that's a bad person. That Dude. They don't, you know, they're just trying to, that's a person who's trying, hey, I only know this one thing, so you should only know one thing, too. Oh, hell no, dude. I'd rather know a lot about a lot of other shit, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's why I do podcasting, because I'm so inquisitive to, like, hear people's stories on, like, how they became a bike messenger and, like, what led them. All right, so let's go back and tell me, you said it earlier, you were like, I wanted to be a bike. What made you want to be a bike messenger? Uh, when I was a kid, I was born in 74. So I was a kid in the 80s and I saw Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon. Ah, right. And that was like, from then it was just like, boom, that, that's all I wanted to hey, do. Lawrence Fishburne was in that movie. Yeah. He was a kid. Everybody, Paul Rodriguez, yeah, Louis Paul Anderson Rodriguez. was in Dispatch. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like, it, that was the movie. And, you know, just, but just watching them have that lifestyle that, you know, that I don't need it lifestyle you know because the whole story is like kevin bacon goes from being this business dude yeah a stockbroker yeah stockbroker is just dropping down to the bottom and being a bike messenger and they gave so, him shit about it you know his yeah. girlfriend his family like, you know ride a bicycle blah, 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 you know what i'm saying the only beef i had with that movie it, it was like when he's racing um lawrence fishburne he gears down but it shows the gears going up yeah 
and then was all. and then he's supposed to be on a track bike. And oh yeah, free will. It's a free yeah. will. You know, you yeah. Like, and I could never go track. I could never go fixie. Like I was a psychopath. You know, yeah, like, you actually you were a road biker. You always had yeah. a road bike. Oh, I've never noticed you on a, on a track bike or fixie. No, and you can do those those track skids because that was when we met at the Houston Alley Cat. I came in first place out of Towners. Yeah, and uh, and the the Houston Alley Cat. They were having the uh, this the skid uh, what do they what do they freaking call those skid things comp, track skids yeah and, and track stands and all shit you went like two blocks <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh, crazy as shit yeah that was that was back in oh one dude I think because mm-hmm. a bunch of you Dallas guys came through yep uh I, uh me and one it was me Danny and uh, Elaine in one car uh huh and that, that might and, have uh, been- 2003 or something. Wait, I got a whole bunch of pictures from that weekend. I'll, dude, I'll send them to you. You need to share, yeah. man. Yeah, I post them every now and then. Uh, but yeah, I'll t- I, I, yeah, because I, I even got one for you probably tomorrow, Throwback Thursday. I'll uh, post some up there. Yeah, cool, dude. And and like, I mean, I was I had, I interviewed Elaine um, last week, and I dropped his podcast on Tuesday. And uh, it was just, he was bringing back so many memories as well, you know, going out to Dallas and, and, uh, you know, yeah. how, how I met Trucker Mike, I met, I was telling how I met Trucker Mike was the first mess, Dallas messenger I met. And then we just kind of, I performed his wedding. No shit. Yeah. Dude, tell us how to yeah, no, it was just some crazy crazy shit like i was a like i mean you know i know it's i know it's a taboo word but i was a full-fledged fucking retard back then just really doing a lot of anything oh i remember that yeah doing and then you know i just i was like in a spiritual session and mike was just like i don't know if he asked me if i volunteered to but yeah i ended up performing their wedding and i got ordained on some website some humanitarian website some humanistic you know website and um, it was it was crazy, you know. But yeah, he met his wife as a bike messenger. Like he's the every time I see him post some shit, how he's still fucking on a bike or how he's still a bike messenger. I'm like, ah, I should have done it. I should have stayed. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right. I, he's, I think he's one of like three or four people that are still down there. I actually, he's. I think he's like episode fourteen or fifteen. Like I interviewed him a while. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe like a couple of oh, about two and a half years ago because I was I had just moved out of my house and. I hadn't been completely divorced, but I moved out and I was living in downtown and mm. uh, he came by and we podcast. So yeah, that was about two and a half years ago. So, uh, yeah, dude, that was just a, a trip. Hey, do you still talk to anybody in Dallas? Any of the head? Uh, Mike Frazier and I were Facebook friends. We messaged back and forth every now and then. Yeah. Um, my old roommate, he was a bike messenger too. His name is Micah. Um, I reached out to him. I saw him on a commercial. No way. Yeah, like like they he was some B roll footage in the commercial. He didn't even know about it. You know, it's like they you know like when they just start digging up video and they're like or footage or like like grab that and put that in this thing. And it was like him. He might have been building a bike, but he was working in some welding facility, welding capacity. And I was like, that's Mike. And I and I like I saw the commercial again and I took a screenshot and um, I sent it to Frazier. I was like, this because they're still friends. So he's like, yeah. yep, that's him. Yeah. I remember that dude a little bit. I remember the name Micah. Uh, yeah, he was a bike messenger for about a year, maybe two. It was like there was a high turnaround. 
So it's like once you hit this, the reason I thought five years was a long time because very few people made it to two or three. Mm-hmm. You know, there were like there was those of us who had been there. Like I was, and I was a bike messenger from 2001 to 2006, and there are guys who had just started around 2000. Pretty much everybody had started 99 at the latest. Yeah, and then we just kept going. We kept watching people fall off. You know, and watch people come in, and we just, you know, it was just like every other thing's like, ah, they won't last, and stuff like that. Yeah, actually, I mean, we had a little tight trifecta going on there. I was telling Elaine too; it was uh, Dallas, Austin, and Houston. So I never got, I never got connected in in Austin. Really, as a cyclist, I did because I was also, I was also doing cycling. Yeah, as a hobby and amateur cycling. But I never got out there to be a cycle to, to just see what the vibe was like. Actually, one time I went to Atlanta and I took my bike uh-huh. and that was pretty dope. It's just like I just caught a guy. I was like, Are you a bike messenger? He's like, yeah. I was like, let me hang with you today. And I got yeah. to run. I got to run. run so a, what was that uh, like? Dude? I've actually. I was just, actually, that's. Of, uh, of uh, ATL bike messengers, but I never when i've never been there and like experienced the whole thing but i guess that was did. a crazy time it was it was fun what it year was exciting was it? uh that would have been 2002 or three do you remember the cat's name that you were with Mm-mm. no i remember they called me dallas oh, i was just okay. there for a day yeah this is like it's like i was like what's your name I was like, yeah, like adam i was like yeah we'll call you dallas that's yeah. we'll be tomorrow <laughs> I think that's funny, dude. But yeah, it, it was the same vibe everywhere. You know, it's like they had their corner. They had, the, you know, they had their yeah. that guy. They had their that guy. Yeah. It was, it was, and they're yeah. similar. It's almost like a, a parallel universe or like doppelgangers of like always. city. You know, you're like always, always. And I, I've been, man, I've traveled all over the world, you know, as a bike messenger during this whole like kind of t- like actual 10 years of traveling. Yeah, because you just biked like across up to San Francisco, didn't you? Dude, actually, I was going to try to hook up with you, dog. Like, uh, oh man. Uh, we called it the, the trip short. Uh, we, we ended up in LA, but the guy I was with, I mean, we got, I mean, I did too. I, I got beat up out there bad. He got beat up. I mean, he's 65 years young, so he's he's got 20 years on me. And, uh, Dude, we just we got pulverized out there. I didn't I didn't expect the terrain to be that 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 hard. You know? Yeah, once you cross challenging. The, the Rockies, it's it's because Texas is just flat. It, it's like you can't visibility down here is maybe three blocks. Oh, uh, like uh, you, well before it winds off, or if you're looking at a mountain. You're right. You know. You're right. And, and so it's it's like, what do you do? When you, you know, it's like, cause when I, I was a cyclist here for a minute, when I got here and my 60, 80 mile workouts became 20 mile, 40 mile workouts. Oh yeah. The terrain just like. Because I had, I had to add more climbing. When I was living in Dallas, I had to go down to Fitchburg, Texas to, to train in the Hills uh-huh. here. It was like, Oh, just leave the house. Yeah. You know, oh it's yeah. Like, you know, it's like, you're going to hit a, a freaking steep ass climb eventually. So, yeah. but yeah, for making it for what'd you make it from Houston to LA? Come on. Uh, no, we, I mean, we, uh, last year, me and the same guy, we did Houston, my front door. We left from my front door and rode all the way to Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh-huh. And, then, and then this year, uh, we took a train 
all the way to San Francisco. And then we, yeah, started, so. we started in San Francisco and we took the PCH one and we were going to head over to, you know, we would have been there, you know, we were going to, you know, touch the border. We were hope. Hey, can, can you cross the border right now? Uh, American without a passport or do you have to have a passport? Uh, I don't you walk know. across with your driver's license. I, I got back. I went out there. I had a con- I had a show. I used to be a comedian. I had a show out there in 2014. We almost got murdered. And oh. then when we were coming back. I didn't have my, I didn't have my birth. I didn't have my birth certificate. I just had my driver's license. They almost didn't let me in. And I was like, oh, I should have brought my, and then I just happened to say, I should have brought my passport. And they're like, oh, you have a passport? I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, there he is. And then they like let him back in. And I was like, shit. So now I can't even imagine. Yeah, like, I think they're a little bit stricter. You used to be able to cross the border with your driver's license. But then like, because I've, I've been to San Diego twice. And every time I went, I was like, let's just cross the border and go to TJ. Yep. You know, I mean, we wouldn't go like five or 10 blocks into it. We would just like go to the first two blocks once you cross and oh, yeah. bars everywhere. So uh, both times I remember crossing the border, but I don't remember crossing back <laughs> <laughs> both times. So it's like I got there. I just can't remember how I I don't remember there. how I got back, but yeah. uh, we were supposed to go to, you know, TJ and then we were going to turn around and instead of coming back on the PCH one, we were going to ride to the east side of San Diego and go straight to L.A., back to L.A. But um, like I said, we ended up in in in, in L.A. And I, I told my guys, like, look, dude, we can throw in the towel right now or we can keep on going all the way to Mexico. He goes, mm. sleep on it. And then he woke up the next morning and he goes, you know, I, he said, I said, I'm ready to go back if you want. Like, I, you know, I need to get back to Houston, get to work, you know, and uh I was like, if you go back, I'll go back with you too. He's like, let's go back. So we we went back. So, uh, but yeah, that was a uh, dude. I'm still getting my color back, dude. I'm, my skin's all like a snake right now. Still, my leg. It that was just half a day, like rolling. The sun came out right when we got to Malibu, and then from Malibu to Santa Monica, like we just got beat down by the sun, and it tore me up, dude. So dude, I don't like making that drive when I I lived up ah. in LA for a minute. We'd have to come down to San Diego for shows. And it was like we made the drive would always be south, so the sun would be right there beating the shit out of who was ever in the passenger seat because I was driving. I just felt bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, my next question here, dude, is like, I know you did a career change once you left Dallas. Uh, I know, dude, you would always cracking me up, dude. Whenever I go to, you know, out to Dallas and there'd be an alley cat and I'd just go out there and we hang out. Like, you were always cracking jokes. So from when the time you left Dallas, maybe there's some here I'm missing, but you went out there to pursue your career as a comedian, correct? Uh, ish. Like, okay, the joke side, that's 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 an ADHD thing. Like, I don't have the emotional capacity. I'm developing it. But, you know, you don't have the emotional capacity to fuck, to just freaking understand anything. My two speeds were like rage, laughter, and then if the third one is sleep. So it's like everything got processed through, like, rage, laughter. And so if I could make a joke of it, I would. And I, you know, I developed a great sense of humor in that. But after I stopped being a bike messenger, I met my, I met the lady who would become my ex-wife and um, I got a job. I went to, you know, I started off in telemarketing before I ended up in banking. 
And then we got married in 2008 and 2012. She got a job. Um, I was in banking by then and she got a job in San, in San Diego. So actually it was 2011. I started comedy because I just, I wrote, I wrote this uh, pilot for this series that's actually on my website now or my YouTube channel called work related. It's about two best friends that run a tip agency. But while I've I was seen writing that stuff, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've seen all that stuff on YouTube. You said yeah, just, just put out a new episode out today. And what? Yeah. Yeah. I've just put it. I got like 20 more episodes. I think, uh, yeah. 15. Yeah. 15. Yeah. Yeah. 15, 20 left. And, uh, but while I was writing that, somebody was like, Oh, it, like, worst fucking advice I ever got in my life. So like the dumbest thing I ever did was stop being a, um, bike messenger. I think the, the second dumbest was start being a comedian because I just wanted to be a writer, but somebody told me, oh, TV writers do open mics. Yeah. So not knowing anything about anything, my dumb ass is literally thinking that open mic comedy and writing for television are steps one and two. And it's not. It's like, there's there's like, it's crazy how that's not a thing. But I started it and... I, you know, I'm a super intense person. So once I start something, I never quit. You know, like it, it, I finally stopped being a comedian, but that was 10 years later. And I had uh, done a comedy special, a movie and a series. So all self-produced and on my own. So I was just like, I walked away, from, you know. Wait, so I you're not away. doing that. You're not doing any stand-up anymore, right? No. no. Cause uh, uh, actually, maybe uh, man, might have been a couple of years ago, two and a half, three years. You did a stand up, and uh, I remember I, I saw it on on you posted it on Facebook, and I watched it. It was like, oh a, yeah, this is the comedy special. It was last yeah. year. I am lit. Yeah, I went home. It, you know, uh, it wasn't. It was my nine. You know, after nine years, I went home to Massachusetts. That's where I'm from, Franklin, Massachusetts. Yeah, and I shot. I shot an hour, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's called I am lit. And I, I like I, I let some people see it, yourself included. I still haven't re-released it yet. Like I'm still haven't figured out what I want to do with it right now. Right now, I just got the podcast. I do music now, um, and uh, a podcast. But other than that, I'm, I go to school. I'm, I'm I'm a freshman at San Diego City College now. What? Congratulations, yeah, dude! Thanks. I was just talking to my homeboy earlier, and I was like, I told him, I was like, dude, if I can go back to school, I would, dude. Like I. I love school now. You couldn't get me to go to school in high school back yeah. in the day. And I was skipping school every day. I was like, F school. We had our first real class of Spanish yesterday. Like the first class was just a whole bunch of this is your syllabus. This is what we're going to do. Like nobody said anything in Spanish. So the second <laughs> class we had yesterday and that's when we got into it. Dude, it was the first time in my life I ever asked a question, understood the answer, and then was able to just move. Okay, go ahead. You hey, know, you're, I guess you're a lot like me, dude, because uh, – Actually, it wasn't until I turned 40, maybe my late 30s, I went back to school full time. Like, I'm almost yeah. about to get my associates, but I stopped going to school since I've been divorced. Keep going. It's it's like I'm 47 and it, I'm, this is my rookie year. Like, they were like, do you want to transfer? I was like, no. Yeah. Like, do you want to transfer? Anyway, I like my last credit I got from anything had to be from at least 15 years ago. Uh-huh. I dropped out of college the first time in 96, 97 after five years of just bullshitting. And then I tried again in 2008 and walked away from it. And I tried again in 2012 or 13 and walked away from it. Uh-huh. So like, as far as I was concerned, I was never going to no, we're not 13, uh, actually 15 or 16 and walked away from it. So as far as I was concerned, I was, you know, 
I, I even if they want to give me credit for something that I learned back then, I don't remember it. They might as well teach it to me again. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but it, it's crazy when you're doing something you want to do as opposed to doing something somebody told you to do. You're absolutely right. So like I went to school because I wanted to go to school. Yeah. I want to educate myself. Like, you know, in high school or junior high, there's always that one kid that's answering all the questions, raising his hand, you know, and you're just like, God, you just that little fucker with two parents. You just want to punch. Yeah. You just want to punch that kid. Shut the fuck up. Stop asking, answering all the questions, you know? But then when the teacher asked me, I'm just like, oh, you don't have a, yeah, I don't have a clue. So when I went to college, back to college, of course, I'm the oldest kid in the class. And then you have all these straight out of high school kids there. And then, you know, the teacher's asking them questions. And those fuckers are like on their phones, playing video games, watching fucking the regular show or something, dude, you know what I'm saying? Run, like, and that's the thing, run that shit. And like, dude, now, I, I'm the kid who's raising my hand. I'm trying to get all the other kids to engage in conversation. You know what I mean? Hey, that's, I'm your, like, that, that's your competition. <laughs> but like, Fuck them. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, just uh, the way I look at it is I'm taking lunch money and starting Monday. <laughs> 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 like if they want to act like they don't know, I'm not going to be the one to help them find out. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I love school. I'll tell my friend earlier, you know, I was like, Yo. if I can go back to school, I would, who knows? I mean, my career is coming to an end right now. So I got to find something else to do. And uh, that's the real thing is, is like, is like now is like design your future. Cause I was depressed one time and just, really really bad really really dark and so somebody's like saw me as a writer you know saw the stuff i write and was just like you gotta write your future you know and it's like i'm so used to writing stories poetry music whatever jokes but write my future and that's just it it's like now it's like you get to write your future you get to write down like a story starting starring cisco that has a fucking good ending that has a happy ending true if you look at it that way but then also like you get to you have experience you know what i'm saying like you know i mean we're all we're all infallible but at the same time like you've gone through some stuff in your life or we all have i mean that at, you know there comes a time where you're like man if i can go through that i mean what I'm about to take a challenge on and step into in the next chapter of my life, there's going to be those issues, but relate those past experiences as lessons learned. You know, and that's my favorite part of matrix reloaded is when Morpheus is giving that speech in the caves and he's like, cause we are still here. So if you're still here, there's no telling what, you know, why, but the fact that you're still here, that you weren't able to be stopped, meaning that there's something for you to do, even if you haven't found it yet. Just True. Keep hey, hey, find excitement people, and looking. I, I have friends in their you know, 50s and 60s, and they're still trying to figure it out. You know? Dude, I, I'm a 47-year-old rapper. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, let me meet a chick who's going to tell her dad that. <laughs> what's, what's your boyfriend do? Oh, he's rapping. I thought you said he was 47. They're like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but 
and and, and what but I, I own it, you know. But that's the whole thing. It's like you have to own it. It's like, that, oh, hey, you said it perfect, dude. You have to own it, and that goes back to the bike messenger thing. Like, you know, you're in your 30s. Say you got some family members who're like, man, he rides a bike for a living. He's a bike messenger, you know. Like, I had my own family members. Like, oh, he's still a bike messenger. I remember this one time. Who cares? This lady asked me, I remember who one time. Cares? This lady you know, asked me to my it face. Makes me like, happy. You know? Exactly. This lady asked me to my face. She's like, "Do you even like your job?" And I like, I, without hesitation, I was like, "Hell yeah!" Like, I'm about to hand you this package, then leave you the yeah. fuck here. <laughs> like, there's, and I'm about to go outside, and you know, I'm about to go outside and ride a bike. I'm about to, you know, waking up because I got, and I lived right on the edge of, the, of, of Dallas, so my alarm clock was my first job. Yeah. It would be like, it was just. Hey, wait, my, did you live in that fourplex or eightplex? No, no, I lived about a mile, uh, a mile further out. Okay. I'm because because you think it, I, I, it was, what it, was it was right north of downtown, like a yeah. part of the Dallas messengers that all lived in that complex. Yep. I lived about east. I lived a mile east. Oh. And it, but I know which one you were talking about. In Deep um, Ellum, right? Yep. Yep. Deep, Ellum, yep. Right. I lived, yep. I lived, uh, Deep Ellum. Just shy of White Rock. So it's like Lord Greenville is where I live. But yeah, I could get a, my next tail would chirp. I'd wake up, brush my teeth, just bike into town. That's how I started my day. You know, and, and there was just nothing, you know. And, and now it's like, now I do DoorDash, you know, to help make ends meet. And honestly, yeah, it works. You know, it works for my brain. It's not, it's not, how many times you get hit by a car? Who, me? Yeah. Like seriously, uh, three and a half. Eleven. Like I lost. I, I got hospitalized once. I lost my bike twice. Oh but for my the most, god! But for the most part, it was just like and. The, but see, this was the thing. Is like once I realized that that that, and I like I said, full retard back then. It. Once I realized that, hey, maybe I shouldn't be getting hit by so many cars, I stopped. 11 was, times, dog? Yep. And I, but, you know, like one time, fucking car just came and took the, like, took the bike from under me. It ran the light, took the bike from under me, and I just went over the hood. And But I lost my bike for like two days on that, on that dude, you know, and then he got away, so I had to replace the – I had to replace – he jammed up my wheels. My frame was fine. My wheels got jacked up. But it, it's just, you know, me being reckless. Most of me being reckless, you know, a lot of times or, you know, taking that. There was one time uh, twice on the sidewalk got taken out by a car coming out of a, um, a out of a parking structure. Dude, you're making me reminisce those times right now, too. The way you're talking, like mine, very similar, you know. Yeah. But you were on, but you had to be more careful. You were on a freaking fixed on a single speed. Like that's, you know, like that was why I stayed away from those. Like I, that was the best kind of riding for me, you know, because like that was just instantaneous. Like if if you fuck up and didn't lock up and skid in a certain direction, with a bike with brakes, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I needed more controllability, you know what I'm saying? I needed brakes. Yeah. Like Elaine, you had them. You had him on. Elaine had this one joke. He's like, "Hey, what do you call it? What do you what do you call Adam when he when he gets into an accident?" And you're like, "What?" He's like, a- "Ambulance." <laughs> oh god, dude! 
Hey, how many times have you been taken away in an ambulance? Just once. Oh, just once? Just once. Just one that time once, yeah. It, it, uh, there was one time I fight. <laughs> I, I still like I know this is a concussion. I, I I fell off, you know those little speak those little uh reflector titties they put in the street. Mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention. One of those took me down. I didn't have my helmet on. Boom, concrete concussion. I had to get up and finish taking off the, taking that package through. I saw Matrix Re- Revolutions that night, I remember. Oh my god. Because I had because I wore my I wore my uh bicycle cap because I had a big ass knot on the side of my head <laughs> from hitting the concrete. Dude, that happened to me. Um uh, right before I went out of town, I was riding with a friend at night, and he got a little too close to me on a turn. Front wheel clipped the curb, and I, dude, I, dude, my hand is still jacked. I can't feel anything right here. I felt hand first, shoulder next, uh, knee, and then I hit my head on the ground. I was, I, I'm like 98% of the time I wear a helmet anytime I ride a bike. 98%. That was the only, that, that, that 2% I wasn't wearing my helmet. Not the kid. I would, I, dude, I got so many. I got it last year or earlier this year. I got a um, letter from the city of Dallas. It was right after my birthday because that's the only way they could have got it because I just renewed my driver's license. I, they, they wanted me to pay a ticket that I got in 2001. Uh, no helmet ticket that I got in 2001. I was like, what? No, I'm not Dallas had the law you had to wear a helmet. They were all we were always getting pulled over for that. Like if, I, if they saw us and we didn't have our strap connected, and it's hot. It's like it, like oh, dude, were, I remember I got pulled up. I was in Dallas for a messenger race up there one time, and I had my helmet strapped to my bag, and I was cruising with some Houston heads and one Dallas head, and I don't remember who it was, Roach, maybe. Jonathan and, Roach. Yeah. And yeah. dude, the fucking cop pulled us over, dude. Yeah. And said, put your helmet. We're like, we're not from here. You know, he's like, oh, you don't know the law here? And I was like, oh, no, I don't. He was like, you know, put your helmet on. So I got a, I got a run in a red light ticket one time. Never paid any of these things. What? Come on, dude. You got warrants for your arrest now, dude. No, this, it's, it's gone. This, look, it's gone. <laughs> I, have, I have renewed my driver's license enough times. Matter of fact, that was when I, I that's when I, matter of fact, I know I had to take care of a couple of them. No, because I had some shit in Virginia from when I was in school. But when I got it, because I, I was one of those bike messengers who didn't have a driver's license, didn't have a car, uh, didn't need a driver's license. Dude, how'd you get into buildings? ID. State IDs. They'll what? give anybody a state ID. State ID. Oh, a state ID. Yeah, but then in 2004, I got a car, so I went and got a driver's license, and I had some shit. I, and I thought, I was like, ah, oh, these helmet tickets. Nope. There was some stuff I had from uh, from college in the 90s. Damn. Yo, I've lived in every since the I've lived in every decade. You, that's how I look at my life. I've lived in every decade. The shittiest of them was probably the teens, the the like 2010 to 2020. Yeah, but you know, it's like that's how you gotta look at your life. It's like, what am I gonna do going forward, though? You know, I wish. Uh, sometimes I think it's like, should I try and go back to being a bike master? It's like, no. Hey, do they have any in San Diego? Yes, I see them pop up every now and then, but I don't think I don't see how functional it would be. Uh, like, because we were there before, like the explosion of email. Like, really, when everything took everything, kind of became different after two thousand eight, um, with just email and documents and stuff like that. But downtown Dallas is like you. you I worked near every bank every law firm and all three major courthouses. So it's like you stayed swinging. 
out here in San Diego, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how they do it. One day I think I might get bored and try and go find out like how the life of a bike messenger works in San Diego. When I lived in uh, LA in 2014, I tried to get on, but they just, there was just no room for another one. Yeah. I, I, I did some, I did a bike messaging out in LA back in 99. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very different from Houston, Texas, for sure. Uh, of course, everyone got a salary. You know, there was no commission. And I was oh. used to working on commission. That's why, yeah. I, that's why I made those checks like 1500 to 2000 in one week because it was all commission, dude. And that's why that's, I remember you get you got a uh, you got a guarantee. Yeah. Like the, I never like there were guys who worked. Without a guarantee, I don't think I was ever one of them, except for when I worked for myself. Yeah. I had like a dispatch and a driver and me on the bike and everything I made on the bike. And, you know, and also like, but since I was on the bike, I kept my job with this other company. Mm-hmm. So it was like just left you hand, right hand. Dipping. Oh, hell yeah. 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 But that was how everybody else got paid. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> hey, there were a lot of Houston guys. There were only maybe... All right, there. You know, every company had like their top dogs, you know, who mm-hmm. made the money. But then uh, there were a couple companies that were just so-so. They didn't really have a top dog. Everyone was equal. They got paid the same. But the companies I worked for, there was no, there was no salary. There was just straight commission. But I was I was fortunate to land some of the spots that I, you know, I worked at night shift. That's why. You, oh yeah, there was no night Dallas. Like, I don't know what the city is like now, but there was no night shift in Dallas. Okay, so the Texas. night shift started from 6 p.m. and it ended like around 9 to 9.30. It never went past 9.30. Dallas, the, 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 the whole Metroplex closed by 8 p.m. There was no movie theaters. There was no reason to be amongst the skyline in those near those buildings. You know, it was like you'd go to the happy hour, but that would they would end. It, they would be locking up by 9 p.m. Yeah, but Houston that went through a stench like that in the late '90s, and then when the 2000s hit, and the tech, the Houston Texans became part of the, you know, the the Oilers left, the Texans came, downtown got revamped, and just all these restaurants and buildings started coming. Yeah, in. you know, uh, what, what Dallas, Texas lost everybody to develop. Everybody just go to develop. Uh, That's where most of the happy hours were. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know what it's like now. But like it was like you would like now you say, hey, let's go downtown San Diego to the gas lamp district. And there's reasons to be there. And I'm sure Dallas for like I I have not looked back. I I do not miss that place worth a damn. Really? No, it was like I liked Houston. It just had Dallas was just a Dallas, Texas. Was kind of the most ignorant place I've ever lived in my life. What? dude? Yeah. Yeah. It was like as a bike messenger, you kind of got to live on the fringe life and not really experience, but watch it. You know, it's like every time I went into a business, it was like, hey, guess what color the mailroom is? Black. You know, it was like it's like or all churches, white, black. It was just like the cult. It was so self-segregated. DFW was that, you know, it was just and everybody was just ignorant of everybody. I lived in a Hispanic neighborhood and that neighborhood stayed Hispanic. You know, like, you know, there was just never any, you know, it was just no culture whatsoever in, in Dallas, Fort Worth. Like, I try not to I say mean, that I, a lot I too often. I see that. But when I went to Houston, it was kind of like people were fun. People were younger. People were, you know, just 
freer. They weren't thinking about who, you know, they, they weren't thinking about who they wanted people to think that they were. And Dallas, because even when I started, because like I said, I went into banking and that's what it became. It was like Dallas, you, you just kind of, and this is, I'm not going to put it all on Dallas. This is the majority of like anybody over 25 with a fucking job. They, they kind of think about, you, you know, it's like, how can I get that person to think about me? This is why I left L.A. It's like L.A. is like either people who are miserable or people not pretend, pretending to not be miserable. You know, it, it's just like you can't just be yourself. I like San Diego to an extent. And I'm not a people person. Like I'm originally from Boston and we mind our own business and it's fun. And, you know, that nobody's going to ask you. So what do you do for a living? Mind my fucking business. What the fuck is your problem? You a cop? Like, it's, it's like <laughs> Hey, you got to deal with the Boston accent. Yeah, well, that because I was born in Chicago. But ah. so it's like it's still mild. I moved to we moved to Boston when I was uh seven, eight, seven, eight years old. But still, so here it's kind of you can just be yourself, but now you know, I'm just at, at that age where I understand now the responsibility of being myself. It's like I can't blame my parents anymore. I can't blame anything but myself for every day that I'm not happy. So like my goal is to wake up and then go out there and be open to being happy for no other reason than I'm happy. You know, and that was why, we, you know, being a bike messenger was so freeing because without even knowing it, we were going out every day and making ourselves happy, you know, and with what? Sweat. Who the fuck? You're a bike messenger in, in, in Texas? It's hot. hot. <laughs> and it's or and in Dallas, it's either 90 plus degrees or 40. Yeah, you guys were actually, y'all got cold, dude. Yeah, yeah. When I we met got, you guys, all you guys for the first time. Because you came down in tech, you came down Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. And it was chilly. Mm -hmm. but when I went to invite, I invited all you guys. I was like, dude, I went to Dallas. I went to Austin. I even went to New Orleans. And I just did like this marketing scheme of like, hey, I'm from Houston. I'm throwing this winter solstice. It's the fourth annual winter solstice. I was like, y'all come, have fun. We'll take care of you. You got a place to stay. If you come in, don't worry about it. All the messengers will open the doors to you. Right. Yeah, no, that's straight up. That was the cool. That's that's like the great thing. I mean, I've seen so many documentaries on bike messengers, and but the, it, it's true. Like that was the one thing I did not see as a comedian. Is like you go anywhere else, you're just like, <laughs> dude. Actually, like seriously, like as a as a bike messenger, like one of the th reasons I'd want to go back to be the bike messenger because the other bike messengers are cool as fuck. Like one <laughs> of the things keeping me, I got to get going. Um, one of the things that keep me from you gotta being, be gone by seven, seven, like five minutes. You gotta go in five minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my bad, I didn't slot two hours. Wait, wait. What time is seven? No, seven is five minutes. Oh, I'm two hours behind. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you gotta leave in five minutes, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, but no, but one of the, and one of the reasons I don't want to go back to being a comedian is because the other comics like that's fucking like, hey, toxicity. Let's have let's let's enjoy ourselves. Oh, dude, yeah. There's. But, it but it's like you have communal people who are by, I don't know, the bike messenger life culture just led to that kind of communal suffering, that communal blessing. You know what I mean? It's like we didn't break each other off with our bread, but we, we cleared a place at the table where you could bring your bread to and eat at the table with us. 
Yeah. You see what I mean? True, true. Like, there, it was just a tight niche, a community. Like, I know exactly, uh, what, I mean, what you're talking about. So, yeah. Well, hell, Adam, I mean, yeah, I, I, we're almost at an hour. Uh, I know you got to roll. Uh, I just want to, you know, um, no, I, this is fun, man. We're driving down memory lane. Dude, and I, I mean, encourage- I feel like we're just scraping the icing, you know, because, like, one thing, you say something that leads to another, and, you know, just just things and incidents and stories. I mean, we didn't even talk about the alley cat races that we used to do and all that stuff. But uh, I guess, uh, dude, so, yeah, actually tell the people, the listeners, like, how they can find you and what you're doing, you know, get shot up okay. some some things. Like, how can they find you? Cause I know uh, you guys want to find me now. I got my own podcast called the adamant podcast. It's wherever you put podcasts and um, you uh, Google YouTube, Adam Connie senior, follow me. I don't have enough followers on YouTube yet. Subscribers to customize it, but you look up Adam Connie senior. You'll find my podcast um, where I put the video. You'll, you'll find my um, eventually you find my special, but you'll find my web series and follow me anywhere with the peaceful Jedi. Hey, just real quick. What's the podcast about, dude? Uh, it's just me. Just, once tw- twice a week i just bleh, i have a word vomit for about 45 minutes and you put this on youtube too as well yeah it goes up on youtube the day after it streams so it'll stream okay. on itunes on mondays and thursdays i gotta record tonight mondays and thursdays it streams um to you know all the digital podcast aggregates yeah and then on yeah. thursday morning i just upload the video on friday on tuesdays and fridays i upload the video to youtube just cool. so whoever, because some people just watch it on there. But anywhere on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, just follow me, The Peaceful Jedi. And um, if you if you like rap, ch- check me out on my SoundCloud, 3Facts, thr 33 facts Nice, dude. Awesome. So, yep. dude, you got, hey, you got it going on. You, you know, you got your hands and things, you know. Yeah, just keep having fun. Yeah, exactly. And that's the yeah. way, you know, I'm rolling too. Like, I got my hands in this and that, you know, whatever whatever can make things happen just make it happen you know exactly make it exactly. happen so yep. adam thank you so much dude for sitting down and giving me some of your time it was a pleasure uh man i miss you i, I miss all hey. the i've been talking to on this podcast like because i don't see him anymore but it's great to catch up and just you know see your face and you know just be like what the hell is up adam <laughs> I, hey, no it, it's dope me and you were at least me and you were two of the ones that didn't age yet <laughs> <laughs> right you still look the same dude yep. The same. Yep. So, but uh, right. thanks dude uh one love uh one love. I'll, I'll get this out next week uh, i'm trying i just li- released one last you know this week oh cool because i'll, I'll stop out. i was like really trying to get the web you can post this part i was really trying to get the website ready so i know i got like a few more days before i just get it really consumable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll give you a heads up right when I post. Yeah, it. So. post me a link and I'll, I'll shoot it out too. All right. Cool. Hey, thank you very much. One love, brother, and hopefully I'll Bet. see you in person in the future. Bet. Catch you later, man. Thanks, right. for, the, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Late.